I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Oh, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead. Lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, who just revealed to me that he is a traitor and has not downloaded and followed Locked On Mavs on the new Himalaya app. What have you got to say for yourself, Isaac Harris? It's downloading right now. <laughs> I thought you were joking. I was making you a bit. Wow, you really didn't download the new Himalaya app? You know what? I was waiting for this podcast. Just, you just, just wanted you just wanted to wait until you were like four hundred and and twenty nine, and I just said that in a southern accent. What four hundred and twenty nine? <laughs> and you just wanted to wait so you could be the one that helped us pass locked on NBA in followers. That's what that's what exactly that's what I was holding out for. That's I mean garbage. I've downloaded because Himalaya is the best podcast you know platform to listen through. I've downloaded canceled download canceled. Now it's back. I'm just putting it back on my phone and. It looks great on your phone. This is ridiculous. All right, Himalaya update. By the way, all the people that have downloaded and followed us on the new Himalaya podcasting app, thank you. We are at 214. We are just behind Lockdown NFL. They have 241, and we are in the top six right now. So I'm, I'm good with top six, but let's. I want to I crack the top five because that would just be like the <laughs> – these are the podcasts that are up there. Lockdown NBA, Lockdown Packers, Lockdown Jazz, who started the whole network, so they have a huge following, obviously. Locked on NFL draft. Locked on NFL. Locked on Mavericks. <laughs> random. It's random locked on Mavericks. Didn't make the playoffs. Didn't get their draft pick. That's what the Raccoon Squad does. That's what you guys do, the Raccoon Squad. That's what you guys do. Y'all are loyal, and you're bringing us to the top at the Himalaya Power Rankings. That's what's up. Something else that we're doing right now on the Locked On Network is the... <sighs> We're kind of bummed because we don't have the first round pick. We're 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 not bummed because we have Luca, obviously, but uh, we 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 enjoy partaking in the locked on mock draft we every it. year. It's, it's a huge thing that goes on throughout the network. Uh, each host of their locked on team kind of acts as the fake GM and you know does a mock draft. You can do trades and all of this different stuff, and it's super fun. The past two years. We have traded, we have traded Dwight Powell at least once. Wes Matthews twice, two years in a row. Yes. We traded out of our pick twice. We have got, we've traded back into the first round twice, right? Then we get, we yes. got Harry Giles in 2017, and then we got who do we get with last Donovan year? Mitchell? With Mitchell, that was a good draft for us. Yes, uh, and we got like Stanley Johnson too. Yes, and we, that was the yeah, that was the year we had the ninth pick. As fake GMs, we moved from like we moved back from nine to thirteen, yeah. And we picked up and we end up drafting Donovan Mitchell at thirteen, I think. And then we got Stanley Johnson. Okay, in the, the, trade. the trade was we traded Seth Curry, Dwight Powell, and the ninth pick for Stanley Johnson, Marcus Morris, and twelve, which ended up being Donovan Mitchell that we actually drafted Donovan Mitchell. Yes. And then we got back into pick twenty. We traded Wes Matthews to the Trailblazers for Alan Crabb and the twentieth pick, which we drafted Harry Giles, who is. Yeah. Doing some some good stuff in uh in Sacramento right now. So that was interesting. And then in 2018, what we did, obviously the Mavericks started with 
the we started with the fifth pick. Yes. And we didn't actually trade down from that one. I thought we had. But we didn't actually trade down from that one. Luca was taking number one overall. We were absolutely going to take Luca, but there's no way he was going to fall to us. Oh, we took yeah. Mo Bamba with the first pick. We tried, I think we tried to trade out of that one. And then we got back in and got the 13th pick. We got Danilo Gallinari for Wes Matthews and, um, and the 13th pick, and we got Miles Bridges. Yeah. So we got Gallo, Mitchell, Harry Giles, Stanley Johnson, <laughs> Marcus Morris, Miles um, Bridges, and Mo Bamba. Yeah. Not too bad. Definitely like the Mitchell one from two years ago. So we entered this year. We didn't have a first-round pick, so we're super bummed. We see everybody. Because there's a lot of people across the network. You have Keith Pompey in Philadelphia. You have uh, Anthony Irwin and Harrison and those guys with the Lakers. You got it's, So it's all these guys uh, operating their teams, and we're DMing, emailing, all this different stuff, these trade proposals. So... Uh, this is what I live for. I enjoy all of this uh, when this first started, and I literally texted Nick. I'm like, I'm I'm trying to wheel and deal right now. I'm I'm constantly sending Nick text messages and saying, "Would oh you man, do this?" Did deal? he send me some really bad trades? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I want to try to get back into the first round, if not for just the fun of it. Then it was <laughs> Nick would text me and say, all right, well, if we're trying to move up, who are you trying to target? I'm like, oh, dang, I guess I need to have a target. If I'm yeah, moving. he was just trying to get a pick just to get a pick. But I was like, we're giving up this stuff for who are we getting? Like, who are we actually? Yeah, so we were, be, I was talking. Leave it to me to be the, the rational one on this podcast. But <laughs> I was trying Lakers, super hard to chat. Try- the rational one. What's going on here? I really wanted to try to get Brandon Clark, but I just, uh, yeah, we can't, I'm not, we're not going to spoil too much of the picks because it's actually one of the biggest things that happens with the Locked On Network when this, uh, this thing airs and it's oh, like, you can't spoil team. them. I was about to spoil all of them. <laughs> um, well, it, cause we, uh, I know he brings on a national draft expert to talk about, you know, each pick and it's like a huge thing and a lot of people listen to it. So it's a lot of fun. Is Scout with Brian? I will say. In the fake locked on draft, Anthony Davis got traded, and it was it was fun as a big package and, and all this stuff. So, but I want to throw out one thing to you guys and tell me what you're thinking, listeners. You tell me if this is if you would do it or not. So, uh, Charlotte moved down in this fake draft. They moved down with Brooklyn, and they picked up Brooklyn's seventeenth uh, and twenty seventh pick. So, a deal that I put on the table that I'm currently negotiating would be Courtney Lee in 37 for Cody Zeller in 17. Now, and I have two players I'm targeting at 17 because the draft's still going on right now. Um, so pretty wow, much... I didn't I didn't look at the emails. I didn't read the emails, but Anthony Davis really did get, get traded in this in this fake locked-on draft. That is... Uh, that's massive, so... Yeah, that's a lot That's a lot of fun for the network. Yeah, look to out talk. for that episode. Uh, so anyway... Basically, would you pay because Cody Zeller, uh, Cody Zeller makes thirteen point five uh, this year. Uh, next year he'll make well, actually he'll make fourteen million next year, and then fifteen the year after that. Pretty much, would you pay an extra year of Cody Zeller to get a second Dwight Powell on the to team. get to get the seventeenth pick in the draft? Which the two players I'm targeting in in, in that spot is Grant Williams or PJ Washington. So if it came down to it, if you're a Mavs fan, would you trade Courtney Lee in 37 for Cody Zeller and PJ Washington or Grant Williams? And Courtney Lee's he's two more years, right? Or he's one more year. He's an expiring ne- next season. Right? Yes. 
and he's like 11 million. And so you're only really cutting 3 million out of your cap, which can can be maneuvered around. You can make a max work if that's really where you want to go. Get Cody Zeller, who can can you know, start at center. I th- I kind of like Cody Zeller. Um he's okay. It's more about for me, you would, the big thing is you're cutting in, you're cutting 15 million of that cap space in two summers, uh, which in my in my opinion is you're going to spend it this summer. So yeah, it's gonna suck that in two summers from now. But if I can go into this summer, I'm a huge fan. I love PJ Washington and Grant Williams, and I think both of them could fit really nicely alongside KP and Luca. So I would sacrifice cap space in two summers if that means I could get one of these guys to be a young piece of uh, a young Brunson type piece of this team moving forward on a controllable contract. That's where I'm leaning right now. I don't know if Charlotte will do it though. In real life. I don't think he would do this, but I think for Dallas up, or Charlotte for, I think for Dallas, cause they, they work, they worked so hard to get this max slot open. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Cause you would cut like 4 million into the, your, your, your max yeah, slot. Like three, 3.4, something like that. Yeah. And you say, why would Charlotte do it in this scenario? Well, Charlotte, if they sign Kimba to the max slot, now you're getting an expiring contract instead of Cody Zeller. You're getting off of that Cody Zeller money earlier, and you save a little bit of cap this year because you know there's a little bit like you and said. And so but. for Charlotte, they have Nick Batum's. So next season they have this this awful awful cap sheet, especially if they sign Kemba to a max or the, or even the super max. They have an awful cap sheet with you know Batum at twenty five million, Biombo at seventeen, Marvin Williams at fifteen, Cody Zeller at fourteen, Michael Kidd Gilchrist with the player option at thirteen, I mean, and then and then Kemba. <laughs> On top of all that, that is just that's a lot. Most of those guys are expiring though. Kid Gilchrist expiring, Marvin Williams expiring, Biombo expiring, Nick Batum uh, has a twenty seven million dollar player option for twenty for the twenty 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 one season. So that would be an expiring contract. You have Kemba on the books, and then you have Cody Zeller, who would be on the books for that year. But if you got rid of him and swapped him for Courtney Lee that, with that expiring, then all of a sudden the summer of 2021, so not not Two next, summers from now. Yeah, so not, not this summer, not next summer, the summer after that. You just have like Malik Monk and Bridges and Devontae Graham and maybe Dwayne Bacon, and then you have uh, Batum and Kemba for like $50 million on the books combined, and that's it. And the cap might go up even more. You know, it's going to be 109 million next year. Could be even higher than that. So for for Charlotte, that might be pretty smart for them long term. But yeah, so I mean, even the way Charlotte's books is working right now, assuming Marvin Williams and Kid Gilchrist pick up their options, they're looking. I mean, they're going to have literally like 40 something million dollars in expiring contracts. If you swapped out the Zeller for Courtney Lee, then you're looking at like literally like $60 million in expiring contracts. If you want to try to swing for a bigger trade, take on a bigger contract, then that would be your thing. And isn't the... No, the 2020 free agency class is, the, is a pretty big one. But the one at... No, the 2021 has Giannis in it, right? Yes. Pretty yes. sure. Thanks. I'm getting my classes confused. We... we uh, SVP and Rosillo got their podcast, you know, got got back together and did a podcast. Have you listened to it yet? Oh, of course I have. Yeah. They talked about how remember that when they talked about how do you at what point or is it just we too early with all this stuff? We're talking about Anthony Davis, you know, yeah. a year and a half out and all of a sudden like now I'm sick of talking about Anthony Davis. We'll talk about him when when the locked on draft trade gets finalized and whenever it, he gets traded, obviously we'll talk about him, but like I'm 
I'm sick of talking about Anthony, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Davis already. And we're not even connected to it with the Mavericks. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. So when when players go into pre agency like Bill Simmons calls it, then you know it's we're just gonna get fatigue on all these guys, and then eventually, eventually we're gonna get so sick of free agency that when it just happens, we'll just all be relieved. <laughs> we're, I don't we're mind free agency it. as much. I do get I do get sick of the and I say sick, but then I'm not in that spot either but it, it kind of just goes to football when you get guys that are like two years out from free agency and they're holding out and they're like i don't want a new deal and it's like oh, that's a little different because of the guaranteed contract but yeah yeah it's it's different for sure but like the anthony davis thing of like i mean he's literally you know two years out basically when all this stuff goes down and you're like oh what stops this from happening so anyway there's ways of going about it but that's kind of. I'm trying. I'm trying right now to get into this first round. I'm trying to wheel and deal. Boston's open to make a deal, but they just don't have contracts. And I'm just. I mean, you're probably not in the in the boat of a Tim Hardaway Hayward swap, but getting a first out of it. I mean, that's really. Oh good. no, I, I think I might be into that. But how much but, more I mean, is how much more that, is Hayward? Is he 28 million? Yeah, but at that point, you're cutting like 15 million in cap space this summer. Like yeah, deals, no, Hayward is thirty-two million. Yeah, I don't know if I'm into that. I'm not into the it. deals that Even I'm trying. We don't get to do free agency for locked on. So the only true. thing that really matters for us, and it doesn't matter year to year, because obviously we traded West Matthews two years in a row. <laughs> so. Very true. I'm trying to get in the first round while still keeping cap space this summer. That's my goal. It's just hard to do right now. I'll, I'll take on long-term money like past this summer. But. And it's it's a good exercise because the, the Mavs are going to try to do this as well, and they're probably going to come up dry just like we are. Yeah, because it's you know looking at this, we're at 30, Mavericks are at thirty-seven. Look at all the teams in that at the end of that first round. San Antonio has two picks. Boston has three picks. Brooklyn has two picks. You know, it, it just keeps on going. The chances that all of these teams hold on to all of these draft picks ahead of Dallas is very, very, very slim. That's a good point. So there could be some some movement there could be some teams in the 20s that are literally just selling off their pick i think you texted me today and say shams reported that yeah. the, you know okc could be trying to get off the 21st pick if they could shed no, some they're salary shopping it. they're they're actively shopping it and trying to trying to get rid of it because they need some salary relief yeah so like that it could get wild at the end of the first round and that's what we live for Draft night, free agency. We will be here. We'll we'll do multiple pods if we have to. Heck yeah. So anyway, that is uh not what we expected to talk about today. But today we are going to talk about Ricky Rubio and Patrick Beverly. Obviously, Beverly we've talked about a lot, so it's gonna be a little bit of an abridged free agent profile. But Ricky Rubio I do want to get into because he's kind of an interesting he's an interesting player. And he is apparently not a priority for the Utah Jazz this summer, according to him on a uh, Spanish radio station that he did an interview so we'll uh we'll do a profile of both of those guys Um, but before we do that today's show is brought to you in part by hotels.com don't hate like your friends trips book your own trip get to instagram all those places watch the amazing race that'll make you want to go places i've been my wife and i've been watching old seasons of the amazing race and it's just the stuff you see you're like man i have not been to enough places in the world go to hotels.com get rewarded basically everywhere Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. All right, Isaac. So, let's. You want to do Patrick Beverly first? Um, sure. If you want to start with the good first, let's start with the good first because we've been we've been going out of order on some of these. 
but let's uh, let's do the the traditional style. So, okay, Patrick Beverly, strengths, obviously defense. If you watched any of the mm. games against the Warriors, he defended freaking Kevin Durant, which is he's six foot one, by the way. <laughs> Patrick Beverly's six foot one, and he guarded Kevin Durant. He is he should have been on the all defensive team. He didn't end up making it. And it was a big snub. A whole bunch of players were like, I can't believe this even happened. Patrick Beverly, really good defender. He also is a pretty good three-point shooter his entire career. Mm. He's, sh- he's shooting 38% from three for his entire career. He's been in the league, what, five, six, seven seasons. And he's averaged 4.2 three-point attempts per game, shooting 38%. It's really good. <laughs> he's not asked to take a ton of shots, obviously. He's only averaging, what, 7.7 field goal attempts for his career. So he's basically a 3-and-D guard, which is... As we've talked about on this podcast a lot, very rare. Yeah, man, when you look at the guard position alongside Luka, you look at what your criteria would be at a perfect player alongside of him, and there's two things that I really want alongside Luka in that backcourt. I want a guy that can hit a three-pointer, and I want a guy who can defend. And Patrick Beverly, he checks off both of those boxes. If they can give me the added, like, grit, um, you know, players and stuff have been using this a lot lately, but, like, that dog mentality, then, man, that's that's extra that I would love on this team because I think this team needs that, especially in the starting lineup. Patrick Beverly checks all of those box, boxes. <coughs> Excuse me. And when you look at, you said his, you know, his, his outside shooting, his three-point shot, Man, Synergy treats Patrick Beverly really well. His thirty-five uh, percent, and this this is actually I like looking at this too because for some of these players, I actually think the breakdown of his offensive possessions for the Clippers would look really, really similar in Dallas. Thirty-five percent, thirty-five percent—that's a huge percentage of his offensive possessions were spot-up shots for the Clippers. Over two hundred possessions uh, as a spot-up shooter. You you mentioned spot-up shots a lot, and I just want you to explain that because it, it it's kind of. It doesn't really explain itself, just the idea of that shot in general. Is that like just a catch-and-shoot shot? Is that a pull-up kind of like dribble and, and shoot yourself? Is that a – what kind of a shot does that encapsulate? Yeah, it well, it, it's a catch-off a lot because Synergy, uh, Synergy pulls a lot of stuff together for that spot-up shot. So, for instance, like there is a huge breakdown of a spot-up shot on Synergy in which there's a no-dribble jumper. There's a dribble jumper. There's a runner uh, to the basket shot. Uh, there's pull-up shots when he drives to the right. There's pull-up shots uh, or spot-up shots when he drives to the left. There's, you know, all it, it breaks it down all these different categories. So a spot up shot is it, it's you're not looking at, you know, a layup. You're not looking at a runner, uh, a floater or something like that. An actual you're spotting up shooting the shot, whether it's um, yeah, whether you dribble into it, whether you it's a no dribble jumper, what you know, whatever it is. So then there is a difference of that on there of, of, of a catch and shoot shot. Now, his catch and shoot <laughs> shots, uh, and it breaks it down, guarded and unguarded. Excellent. Uh, as far as a guarded catch and shoot uh, shooter, 85, 80, 85th percentile. Uh, unguarded, he's very good in the 72nd percentile. All jump shots off the dribble, he's excellent in the 85th percentile. Like these, these are ratings that are big. T- like that's actually surprising to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. The jump shots off the dribble was super super surprising to me, and at four players. That have at least 200 possessions of spot up shots. He's in. The, he's a top 20 spot up shooter in the league. 
And uh, when you look at some of those names on the list, you're looking at the Steph Curry's, the Buddy Hilds, you know, all these type of guys that are in the top 20. Patrick Beverly's one of those guys, and he does it at a high clip, and he gets a lot of attempts at it. Uh, that's intended. What? He did it at a high clip. No. <laughs> um, yeah, that I think it, we 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 haven't did the misconception thing a lot with some of our things, but I feel like we've actually brought up one for every single player. So yeah, far. we yeah we bring them up without. We like, throw it in, we're like, oh yeah, that is a misconception. <laughs> because I think a lot of people do look at Patrick Beverly and say, hey, he's just the super hustler, annoying defensive guy that just guards the other guy. He's just that type of guy, and you don't really see him for offense, which I get because he only averaged what seven or eight points this past you know, this past season. But he can shoot the outside shot. You're not going to leave him wide open and just dare him to shoot every time because he does shoot a very high percentage. And that would fit perfectly alongside Luca. Do you have any more strengths for him? Uh, well, just defense, like you said. I mean, I don't want to go down that whole thing, but that's the he takes the opposing point guard. That the point I mean, of this attack. Whole, this whole league is full of point guards across the league. Uh, you don't have to sit there and wonder if you have him. You know, without Patrick yeah. Beverly, you're going in and say, oh, okay, do I need to start Brunson? Who, you know, can Finney Smith guard him? Is he fast enough? Whatever point guard it is, you have one guy that can do it, and you don't have to worry about that. So or a seven foot wing, apparently. Yeah, yeah, or, or uh, Kevin Durant. So, for those two boxes, that's his biggest strengths, and those are the two biggest things that I want alongside Luca. For sure, for sure, for sure. The other thing I do want to want next to Luca though is availability, and one of his weaknesses I think is availability. He has played. This is his games played over the last over his career, basically. Um, I don't have intimate knowledge of the 2012-13 Houston Rockets team. He only played 41 games his rookie year. Uh, I don't know if he had. Injuries, or if he just didn't play as much, but these are the games played, and he's he's averaged basically thirty minutes, starting with his second season all the way through till this past season. So, games played: fifty six, fifty six, seventy one, sixty seven, eleven, and seventy eight. So this past season was the most games he's ever played, which is good, you know, which is great. But he's been injury prone, and he's been out, and he's been in, and. That's that's a weakness for me. You have to have availability. You have to be around. And he was there this year, this year, which is why people were talking about him. But you know, you fall in and out of the lineup, then that's why it's all of a sudden like, oh yeah, I forgot about Patrick Beverly. Like you just kind of forget about him, and then he'll just come back. Yeah, I mean, you just list off his games, but besides this year, you know, he's been in the league seven seven seasons. Yeah, seven seasons. Um, <laughs> you know, and before this year at the. Before this year, at the age of 30, every season before that, he'd never played over 71 games. And take out that 71 season, I mean, uh, four of those seasons are, are 56 and below. So, I mean, that's a you do want a guy that's going to you know be healthy, and you think about that compared with, hey, he's going to, uh, he turns 31, I think, over the summer, I think. I could be wrong on that, but... Uh, he turns 31, yeah, in July, uh, July 12th. He'll turn 31. So Happy whatever birthday, Patrick Beverly. <laughs> whatever contract you know you give him, you're looking at the early 30s right there. Another weakness, obviously, he's not going to be your creator off the ball. Uh, three and a half assists per game is his average, which you know is, is good. I mean, he's a decent playmaker as a, a 3 and D guard, but he is a 3 and D guard. Like we've been saying for a lot of these 3 and D wings, you have to know what you're getting when you get him. So Patrick Beverly is not going to be one of your guys that you expect to create shots for himself or for other people, really, um, which you don't really need. You have Porzingis, you have Luka. I'm sure you'll bring in somebody else. 
Uh, Brunson obviously coming off the bench. J.J. Barea eventually coming off the bench. You have guys that can create shots. Uh, and so you don't really need that, but that is a weakness of his. Yeah, I literally put creating on shot. He's not the guy that you're going to throw to and say, hey, go get me a bucket um, compared to you know, if you do have something, which Kimba's a different level and than than him, obviously. But you know, with Kimba, you throw it to somebody like Kimba and say, or D'Angelo Russell, and you can put Luke on the wing. You can run plays for them. You can ISO them out. You can run pick and rolls for them, and uh, they literally are a secondary playmaker, scoring type of guy alongside Luca. Patrick Beverly's not, you know, is that's not his thing. It's not his, you know, really role. So um, you're not going to really ask that of him. I put size down as a little bit of weakness, even though yeah. he makes up for it. But when you compare some of the other guys we've thrown out there, like Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon 6'5", uh, and Brogdon being 6'5", um, and he's guarding the same people you know, Patrick Beverly basically is. So uh, there's a difference when you put somebody like Malcolm Brogdon on Russell Westbrook uh, or some of these other bigger point guards compared to you know putting Patrick Beverly on him. But... It, it that's that's not that's a that's a weak weakness if you yeah it is a weak sense. weakness misconceptions we already kind of talked about that just the um that he's not you know a a uh inept on offense <laughs> that, he, that he does um you know play offense obviously a misconception is that he's you know night in night out your guy that's going to take every single point guard because he's not there night in <laughs> night out because he gets gets injured roster fit he comes in and starts right away your starting point guard he can even mm-hmm. play next to Jalen Brunson because he can take some some bigger guards if you want him to defend that too. So you can play him next to Jalen Brunson, JJ Barea too, uh, and especially since Carlisle likes his dope. He likes his dual point guards, Isaac. So he, the, the, he definitely does. The roster fit, I'm not worried about at all. Availability. This one's interesting because this could be his big summer because he had a you know that massive season with the the Clippers and then the huge. I mean, he was the story of the Clippers series with the Warriors. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up that this could be his summer because I I want Mavs fans to really realize that he's only earned 19 million dollars over the course of his seven his seven years in the league. You know who earned 19 million dollars this season? Evan Turner. <laughs> in, in one season, uh, if if you look at just his career earnings, I mean, his first three years in the league, he he was on the Rockets. He was out. He, he his contract was under one million dollars per year. So really, he didn't start getting paid until 2015-16 when he made 6.5, then 6.5, and then this past year he made 5.5 for the Clippers. So I mean, I say 19; it's really right at 20. So basically, he's made 20 million dollars his entire career uh, before this, you know, before this past season. So if you count this past season, this year's not up yet. He's at 25, which is still a, a, a low amount. You combine that with what Nick just said of saying, man, he just shot 39% from three. He was a big story about their team. Uh, he was healthy. This is the most games he's ever played. Uh, you know, if you're Patrick Beverly, you you want to get paid. Yeah, and- if I'm his agent, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm taking the, the Jerry Maguire show me the money approach. Yeah, and this is your thing. So I, I know some people would look at it and say, I don't know, like he's just going to give up money to be on a contender. Maybe I mean I don't we don't know him like personally like where his mind's at, at with that. But if if somebody like Chicago or somebody came in and threw him a ton of money and said you know you can't blame the guy because there's a, a realistic case that he could come in and make next season make this make seventy five percent of his career earnings in one season. Right, I mean that's not crazy to think about. I mean, Is it crazy if somebody 50%. paid him fifteen? 
Well, if, is it crazy if somebody paid him like fifteen million dollars next year? Oh, seventy-five percent. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's not. Like I don't that, think that's super crazy. No, and I'll take it a step further. I would be okay if Dallas handed him fifteen million dollars for. Okay, if Dallas signed him for three years, forty-five million dollars. Are you okay with it? Three years, forty-five. I always have to do the math on this because I'm. Well, basically, just fifteen a year. Why do you have three? To, why do you have to show me up like that, Isaac? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I said 45. Um, man, 15 million. So I'm assuming with that, you're getting somebody else for, for 15 million. You're yeah, getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting like, you know, a Danny. If you get Danny Green and Patrick Beverly, sign me up. Sign yeah. me up. Do the bullpen center. You know, start Luca Porzingis, the bullpen center with whoever. Get whoever you want in there. And, uh, man. So if you if you go that route. I guess I'd be okay with it. I, I could I, I could obviously talk myself into it because we really like Patrick Beverly, but my I lean towards being okay with it, and I know a lot of people would be like, "Holy crap, that's a ton of money!" It is for, it is. for and Patrick that's what would Beverly. Give me reservations. Uh, and and I get that because you would be looking at a three year deal at, at fifteen million a year when he's going to be basically thirty one, thirty two, and thirty three, and he is a smaller guard. There's been injury history and all that stuff. I get that, but I. I believe so much in what Beverly would bring to this team uh, from a team chemistry standpoint and just his grit and just like everything, uh, his pissed off attitude. Uh, he would be what, like he'd be a better version of Wes, you know, like if, should, should we talk about the Carlisle Mavs fan thing kind of deal? Cause I mean, no. there's two years in a row, two different games with Patrick Beverly. He has gone at Mavs players and and Rick Carlisle as well was it wasn't this past year it's the year before I remember oh yeah being there and, and seeing Patrick Beverly go at Rick Carlisle um, yelling I, at him and not on the court not just on the court no. we're talking about yelling at him through the tunnel backstage you know backstage yeah. but you know by the press conference room and all that stuff but yeah so what he would bring alongside Luca the veteran uh, just attitude and all of that he would take on those assignments you know and get them off Luca or the other person he would be a, a great spot up shooter I I am 100 percent there are a few there are a few free agents out there that I am kind of like uh, okay I like them a lot yeah let's do it there's very few free agents out there that I'm 100 percent sold on uh, to say hey get them to Dallas Patrick Beverly's one of them whether he wants to be here or not I, that's a different question uh, because I think hey, at 15 is, million, I bet he'll want to be. Yeah. I, I, I seen him tweet. Somebody tweeted at him earlier today and said, Hey, why don't you sign for the vet vet minimum? And uh, he quote tweeted and was like, LOL, this is funny. Vet men. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and uh, I don't blame you, bro. I mean, go get your money, man. You, you, you deserve your money. And I, I would just love that fit alongside Luca and KP for sure. Um, so our final word, we're we're on we're on board with Patrick Beverly. I I would hope that the Mavericks training staff would be able to help him on the injury front. I would hope that um, the the issues with Carlisle would smooth over, which I'm sure they would uh, if he's on the team. He's kind of one of those guys. He's like he's like Salah, which is a player that he went back and forth with. If he's on your team, you love him. If he's not on your team, you hate him. Right? He's just that kind of guy. Yes. Yes, for sure. He's he's exactly that type of guy. The Draymonds of the world. Um, 
every every single one of them. it's just the question of why why would he pick Dallas? Would there be some other team? The Clippers, I mean, if they get Kawhi, and you know, they're gonna to want to bring these guys back. These guys are perfect guys. This the same reason you want him alongside Luka Doncic is why they would want him alongside Kawhi Leonard. So and even some of these teams, there's a ton of teams that have cap space this summer, or I wouldn't say a ton, but like a good handful. Yeah. To where, you know, not everybody's going to get their, you know, the big mega star to where I know everybody thinks that Dallas just has, oh, we could split the money up. Well, newsflash, other teams could split their money up too. So, you know, for instance, if the Lakers, you know, strike out on, you know, a big name or two, they could go the same route and say, hey, we we want to go get, you know, two, two or three guys, you know, the same thought process we have with Dallas. So if they go at Patrick Beverly and says, Hey, we'll give you, uh, we'll give you three years at 12 million a year or something like that. You might want to stay in LA. So that I think they were, there'll be a lot of people that will be calling the phone of Patrick Beverly's agent. So I don't think it would just be Dallas. I do. I do really think Dallas will be interested in him though. Unless he's made enough enemies around the league. I mean, he's not, he's not going to OKC. They don't have money, but he's not going there. <laughs> For sure. Very true. Okay. Because yeah, of the Westbrook thing. Uh, when Westbrook hurt his knee, a lot of people blame Patrick Beverly for it. And I'm sure there's a, a story about Patrick Beverly and a, a super fan on every team. So unless – hopefully he's made enough enemies that he comes to the Mavericks. <laughs> That's my I hope. would just – how much would we uh, – as podcasts, as fans, how much would we love it, though, just him harassing James Harden, uh, just guarding some of these guys. The first time he, like, just shuts Trey down for, like, you know, Trey Young down, everybody's just like, cracking up about it. And Why you got to um, do Trey Young like that? I don't know. We were it's being cordial. We, we, had been, we had been fine all year, and now you're just he's, – he's become your new target. No – he shouldn't be my target because I don't dislike him. I like him and I like watching him play. He's not like Dwayne Wade. He's gone, Isaac. Let it go. Or okay, well, he's not like LeBron. Chris Paul. Oh gosh, Chris Paul. Lord yeah, no. That's your new guy. Somebody did an edit with the Mavericks jersey on Chris Paul. And you need I just to find that person and take away their Photoshop. Yeah. Um that that one angered me. I didn't like that one. Didn't like it at all. All right, I'm gonna make. I'm you, assuming we're not talking about Rubio. I'm gonna make you be the bad guy. Do we want to talk about Rubio or do we want to skip it? Um, I mean, I'm down to talk about Rubio because I think it'll be a shorter thing. Because unless you're on board with it, I'm not really on board with him. So we can cover some of the pros and cons real quick. All right, we'll do pros and cons. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about Ricky Rubio. For all of you guys still driving to work, you're welcome. But before we do that, thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On. If you are looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great, untucked, and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. I was just telling Isaac, my wife and I set up budgets for ourselves. And, or for ourselves. We don't have separate budgets. That'd be weird. That's like in Mad Men when you had like a separate account for your, your fake family, your other family, or for your discretionary use of weird things that they use for money in that show. Um, and I need to get more clothes because I just, I don't have good clothes. And so I need to go to untuck it to get some casual, good stuff to look good at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com promo code NBA, get 20% off. All right, Isaac, Ricky Rubio, like you said, this could be a shorter one. Um, he's not a priority in, in Utah. Apparently they're going to go after somebody else. I hope that that's Mike Conley. Actually, do I hope it's Mike Conley? That would make that team really good. Yeah, I, I hope they don't get anybody for our sake. <laughs> if they do a three-team trade and the Mavs could get Joe Ingles, then I'd be for it. Hey, I'd like Joe Ingles. 
So uh, they're they're apparently looking elsewhere, and so Ricky Rubio is available. Ricky Rubio strengths. He's a good defender. Um, I think good's relative, but we'll leave it at good. Good, not great. Good. Good. I think there's a reason why he was kind of played off a little bit in, in that Houston series. I know James Harden's kind of hard to like, you know, judge anything about that, but Royce O'Neal basically replaced him in that playoff series. And because going back to my two things I want, want alongside Luca, Rubio really couldn't do as far as shoot outside and defend that well. And those are two things that kind of Royce O'Neal did better than him. Um, but Rubio just had a down. He had a down year, but then when you like look into random, like kind of just random stats, like as far as like just as like when you look at some of his months in the spring and he like sucked like stat, like counting stats wise, you're like, man, he really sucked on that. But then he was like a plus like 60 something and, as for, from the floor and plus minus like he, he had a positive impact, but his stats wasn't there. He had like a career low in three point percentage. He shot like 31% from three this past year. Uh, towards the end of the season, he finished it like the last like couple months of the season. I think he shot like twenty five percent from three. Um, that sucked. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always like I always, I always felt like I had a soft spot for Rubio because I just I always enjoyed watching him play. I loved Rubio when he first came. When he was coming out in the draft, and they had the ESPN cover of him in his uh, I don't remember what team it was, but his his overseas team jersey on. He had the yeah. long hair. He was throwing crazy passes. He was like the yes. next white chocolate kind of guy with the crazy passes. And he was, you know, this young guy that had played on the Spanish national team. And he was playing with the Gasol brothers and all this stuff. I was super excited to see him come in and, and play. Like he was, the, he was Luca before Luca, right? I think he was that, yeah. he was that touted. I mean, I don't, he obviously didn't become who Luca was as a scorer, but he was supposed to be that kind of guy. I mean, he's, he's rookie season, 10 points, eight assists, two steals, um, you know, for, for Minnesota. So he came in and he was, he was doing some good stuff, but he ended up he, not being as good as people thought he was going to be, but he just missed the generation. I think if he came 20 years ago, then he's exactly what you want in a point guard. He is your past first point guard. He runs the offense. He's your facilitator. He's all this stuff. It's just the point guard position is, has moved into this new era now and he's just not there like it's just it's a little different i don't think it like it's not like he should be out of the league but he's not going to be one of the top point guards in the league or even like a top half point guard probably in the league because he just doesn't have that he's like there with your dennis schroeders like he's he'd be an awesome like overqualified backup but if he's starting for your team then some things have gone wrong yeah, because right. like when you look at one of, one of the weirdest stats, really just looking into his stats on synergy, when you look at his pick and roll stuff, and because when he runs the pick and roll, which is the like the highest po- offense possession count that he had, it says he's average because he didn't really score that much running the pick and roll. But when you look at him passing out of the pick and roll, it's unbelievable. It's excellent, excellent, excellent to like the pick and roll man, to a spot up shooter, shooter to a cutter. Like he makes the right decision. That's the thing. Like when he runs the pick and roll, he is, you know, he has that point guard mind. It goes back to being able to facilitate. He makes the right pass. He finds the cutter, he finds the open man. He's just a smart guy. It <laughs> It kind of is like a Rick Carlisle type of guy as far as like just being the smart, you know, really high Q type of player. It just 
when it comes to the fit alongside Luca, that's the stuff that scares me about it because he's not that good of an outside shooter. He does struggle some defensively. And those are the two biggest things that I want checked off as far as a, a running mate alongside Luca in the backcourt. Exactly. That's exactly right. He's uh, 28 years old. He is like two or three years younger than Beverly. So he's the same age as Cousins and uh, Miritich and Vucevic, like we talked about yesterday, Minu and you know stuff like that. He would check another country off of the Mavericks um, bingo chart of, of European countries. So. He would, he, yes, he would. He would be fun. Uh, hashtag content. He would be fun for that. Um, he just seems like a great guy. How do we forget strengths? Hair. Oh, hair, tattoos, beard. Uh, super fun with that. Dreamy eyes. <laughs> He's in the Al Horford first team all dreamy eyes and eyelashes group. <laughs> Uh, but no, he's a guy that you can trust to keep the offense going. Uh, I was, I was. You, guys, you with, guys can't say that we we don't analyze all aspects of the game. You guys just can't say that. I mean, we look at true. every single aspect of it. You cannot say that about us. We're talking about his eyes right now. Uh, <laughs> I was DMing uh, a guy, a national guy that uh, covers the Jazz today about Rubio. And uh, we were just talking about him, and he he literally said, you know, one, you know, Rubio wants to go to a team. He had that quote about being jealous of Mark Gasol because you know they played with Spain and national team and all that, and how like Gasol's in the finals and all that, and how he wants to, you know, be, play a big role on a team. And me and him were uh, talking about of what team would trade for him to be their starting point guard right now? Uh, because I was expressing to him, I'm like, I'm just not that big of a fan of him alongside Luca because he just can't shoot and defend and all that. And and it's kind of hard to find a team, and I literally like there's only three teams I can really think of, and really they're kind of like stopgap teams. But like if he went to Phoenix and just helped run their offense, because that's the, or <laughs> he wants to. We started this conversation by saying he wants to be part of a playoff team. <laughs> we sent him to Phoenix. I don't think there. I don't think a playoff team is going to happen unless he's going to come off. I mean, I guess I could to be take wrong. Take the roll, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the two teams that I kind of like with it is Chicago and Orlando because they have enough Orlando. young players, uh, uh, like enough young players on their team that you need a point guard to just set up your dang offense and just say set up the offense, run the offense, run a pick and roll, find find them when they're open, set, put them in positions to succeed. And I think Rubio could do that for their young guys and help them grow in these like early stages. I just don't think it's a long. He's a long term like far in the playoffs type of guy. Yep. Which is, but why. he had a good season last year though. Like that's, he's, he just, he, he kind of fell off this past year, but the season before that, it, I mean, you look at almost all of his numbers, all of his numbers were better, uh, you know, two years, if you count this past season, but like, yeah, like two years ago. And then when, remember when he got hurt in that Houston series, not this past year, but you know, two years ago, that was a big thing when he, when he got hurt in that series, because they, like he was one of the better players, like they needed him in that series. So he just kind of, it kind of sucked for him going into, you know, the contract year per se that he kind of had a sucky yeah, you know, con- that, contract year. That was last season. He got hurt in games six against the Thunder and he didn't play in the Houston series. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Round. Remember when when the Jazz beat the Thunder in the first round? Yes, yes, yes. The yes. first time Paul George and Russell Westbrook got beat in the first round, the unfinished business season, we should call the it. The first time. They're going uh, for a three-peat next year. So, uh, availability. That I mean, uh if he's not going back to Utah, which I mean, he 
he checks his boxes in Utah. He was pl- he was playing a big role for a playoff team, uh, yeah. a team with a good good team scheme, and he could do kind. Of, he had a great pick and roll partner with with you know Rudy Gobert. Obviously, I would I wonder how he would play with a, a pick and pop kind of guy. I mean, I know he got to play a little bit with uh, with Towns, but with like a Porzingis type, I wonder how he would do. Yeah, no, okay, I will say, I will give a counter to what you're, like, exactly what you're saying as, as far as when you have somebody like that who's not a knockdown shooter, you need to surround them with shooting. And, you know, when you look at him in Utah and you have somebody like Gobert, like, Gobert isn't spreading the floor at all for you. So it, now all of a sudden you have Gobert, who's probably your, I mean, if you want to say your best player over Mitchell, if you go with Gobert and then Rubio, you're looking at two guys that are not going to be shooting your three pointer. Then, if you want to add into the equation of Derek Favors is on the floor, then you got three guys that's not shooting a three. Uh, so, yeah, would would, a, would he look better in a lineup that, with four other shooters? Absolutely, I think that would definitely be better for him because if you have KP and Luca, and then you have just two other guys that can also shoot, I think that would definitely look better and it would be better for him. Is there a player in the league that doesn't look good with four other shooters around them? Carmelo. <laughs> I feel like that's always what we say. Like now, if he gets four shooters around him, like, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about maximizing his potential. Rondo. No, <laughs> Rondo would be great with four shooters around him. Yeah. Because even like somebody like Carmelo, four shooters lets you like Give, spread the floor. Space. So, yeah, JJ Redick, but... maybe you have four other shooters, and all of a sudden you just that's true. Yeah, that's what it'd be. JJ Redick, these shooters um but yeah availability i th- yeah i think he'll, he's just gonna be i don't see I, he has a huge cap hold for utah so they're gonna renounce that probably i just think they got bigger plans in utah they want to go you know bigger fish chasing whether it's d'angelo russell or tobias harris or you know something like that tobias harris would be great for that team by the way but for utah yeah um but i think they're just gonna try for something like that and i think we could see rubio you know going elsewhere it's just Man, it's hard to find that team. For sure. Uh, we don't think the Mavericks will be it, but we'll see. If he, I mean, if all of a sudden he strikes out and all of a sudden the Mavericks just decide to go a different route and you're given, you know, eight, nine million for Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think I last know. year he uh, last year he made, uh, what was it, $15 million last year? Um, yeah, well, yeah, he, re- he made 14.9 last year. So what's he going to be in the market for this summer? Well, you know, who... Who gets more money this summer, Beverly or Rubio? Oh, Beverly, right? Okay. Just because of his momentum. I mean, I, I agree. I would pay Beverly more, but Beverly is three years older, and some people, and it's it's kind of just a different style, you know? It Rubio is your run the offense, set everything up type of guy. Beverly is your glue guy, um, knock down the open shot, guard the other defender. Like, it's kind of two different type of point guards, so... Kind of depends on what you're, you know, searching for from a team. You might see a team get desperate, like Chicago, and it's like, hey, we got money, and nobody else wants to come here. Let's give, you know, Rubio two years, thirty million dollars, to come in and run our offense and help our young guys. You never know. And he, he is very well respected off the court, though. From everything that I've read, players love him. Donovan Mitchell talks has talked about him a lot as far as him growing up in the league and as a rookie and different stuff. So, um, off the court, he seems like a great guy too. Absolutely. So there you go. That's Patrick Beverly, Ricky Rubio. Tweet us what you think about those two guys, uh, the possibility of those two guys. And as always, or at least for the last two weeks, today's show is brought to you by Grip Six Belts. 
ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap. Has It's great for Father's Day. Father's Day coming up. Got to get a gift for your dad or for uh, yourself that you have your kids wrap and give it to you because I'm sure that happens out there somewhere. Um, go to Should grip, I do that? Go to, go to Grip6. They have a special offer for you, grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E. I'm sure your wife is going to do that for your, your child for Father's She day. probably will. And like sign, I did, yeah, she'll probably sign it with like his scribble and all that stuff. I actually have one shout out before we leave today. Oh, shout out to my man, Bates Yoakum. He is, uh, it's his birthday today. He's a loyal listener to the podcast. Uh, he's a huge Mavericks fan. He's projected uh, to go 20th in the draft coming up. That sounds like a name that could get drafted. Yes, uh, he's a draft and stash player. Uh, but uh, no, happy, ber- wow. happy birthday to, uh, to Bates, uh, a big Mavs fan and listener of the pod. Shout out, Bates. Happy birthday. Hope you have a great day. And uh, don't bother Isaac too much. Follow me all you want. We'll talk Mavs any day, all day, every day. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.